Hi, everybody. Remember Dave? Hi. Yeah. Thanks for wearing masks. We know that people hate that shit. Um, but, it's uh, better than what is the alternative. Yeah, which is... How's our van holding up? Our van is... Van our is van's awesome. Ass. Okay, and we don't have to fly. I don't know if you guys have experienced flying lately, but it's... Well, it takes the same amount of time to drive from Los Angeles to Milwaukee yeah, uh, as it does to fly nowadays, which is great. Yeah, and really you have fun. your bag, which is helpful, because you know where your stuff is. Um, but the van's great. Well, it's great to be back. Thank you, everybody, for coming out for real. It is awesome. It's a damn pleasure. So I've decided not to do a dollop tonight, and I'd like to actually just talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Good. <laughs> and the dollop is brought to you in part by Notion. What is Notion, you ask? Well, good thing you asked, because it is an all-in-one team collaboration tool. It combines note-taking and document sharing and wikis and project management, and then it all goes into one space. It's very simple, very helpful, very well-designed, and it just helps you streamline your life and your work. So Notions has a customizable workspace that can be tailored to any workplace OKRs or major life events, whatever you got going on, what a wedding or, or a work project or travel or grocery shopping, whatever. And then even better, uh, Notion has millions of worldwide users and they're creating new templates and tutorials and different ways to do things. So it's a tool that is getting better. It's alive. It's alive. And look, while Notion can make you more efficient, more productive at work, what really sets it apart is that it transitions from a workplace tool into a, a, a game changer for your personal life. So if you're just setting goals for yourself, if you're planning what you're doing, if you're building uh, at work or at home, Notion helps you collaborate. Notion is the collaboration tool that you need. You can collaborate with other people. You can use it as an individual to get more organized. I just started using Notion. You know, I have a bunch of different episodes going at once. I have, you know, a hundred tabs open and I got a bunch of different notes everywhere. So this helps me streamline. It keeps me organized. So I'm just not going bananas. It's an anti-bananas tool. And then it helps with my personal life. Like before Notion, me and my wife would come home and be like, oh, we both bought the same things at the grocery store. Well, now that's not happening. So you can get started for free at notion.com. That's notion.com to start for free. That's Notion.com to take the first step towards an organized, productive work and life today. And we are also brought to you in part by Squarespace. Squarespace, of course, all-in-one. Domains, websites, online stores, marketing tools, analytics. We here at the Dollop for a long, long time. We've been in business with Squarespace. We're friends. Maybe a little bit more. I don't know. It's getting a little confusing with the relationship. Uh, it's, there's a lot of emotions going on these days. I have had my website with Squarespace for ages. Gareth has his website with Squarespace. Then we have the dolloppodcast.com where you can get all of your uh, tour information and ticket links. And uh, we have our sources uh, pages at Squarespace. We're all in. We're all in with Squarespace. But they got everything you need. You want to buy a domain, you can buy a domain. You want to have marketing tools, they got it all. They got email marketing. They got social media integration. They got banners and promotions. They got SEO tools. They got Google Search Console. Uh, it's all It's all there. They got analytics, like I said. Nothing upgrade ever. 
which is a fantastic thing to have. All websites are optimized for mobile, 24-7 award-winning support, and they look great. And that's why I first started using Squarespace, because I I thought that the templates looked fantastic. And of course, they always have new templates, and and they look clean and crisp, and they're easy to use, which is very important for me, because I'm a big website dummy. So look, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to squarespace.com slash dollop for a free trial, and then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code DOLLOP to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. And we are brought to you in part by Everlane. Gareth and I, of course, are big, big fans of Everlane. They make quality clothes. And then, really importantly, they're dedicated to finding socially responsible factories through third-party audits from certified partners. They design timeless clothes, and the quality allows you to keep them for a long time. They're durable. they got longevity. And then, of course, they have transparency in production costs for every item. It's what we need. It's what we need fashion to be. It's what we need clothing lines to be. I'm a big fan of the French Terry pant. You guys have heard me say that a million times. It's a fancy-looking sweatpant. It's got a back pocket. Come on, a back pocket and a sweatpant. And then the denim's great, uh, very soft, very nice. I use it as a pillow. I don't even use it as pants anymore. Everlane research and audits factories and partners to find producers championing fair work conditions and reducing environmental impact. Like, for example, they pay above the legal minimum wage, ensuring safe working environments. Like, for example, they pay above the legal minimum wage, ensuring safe working environments and recycle water facilities and using renewable energy or repurposing byproducts, all the stuff you want for the planet, for the people. They have direct relationships with each factory. Uh, They build strong relationships with their teams. This is how we want to go forward as people, as companies. So highly recommend it. It's also great clothes. So look, if you want to do things differently from your core to your closet, shop Everlane. Go to everlane.com slash dollop and sign up for 10% off your first order. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash dollop and sign up Everlane, helping people live their best lives with the least impact on the planet. And now back to our live episode uh, recorded earlier this year in Milwaukee. You're listening to the dollop! This is an American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my driver. Gareth Reynolds, who does so much more than just drive a van, but still missed a deer in a harrowing moment. No idea what the topic is going to be about. You drive, too, so it's not, uh, you also drive. I don't. No. (laughs) January 31st, 1881. Year of our Lord Jesus Christ, who? No, no, no. (laughs) Stay on topic. Augustino Antonio Fulvio Giuliani was born in Vinanello, a small town northeast of Rome. <laughs> it's a spicy meatball. Huh? No. Okay. <laughs> 
It's an all Italian accent. Uh, oh, no. There's some real ones here. It's a... It's a all a spicy meatball. Oh, no, no. Uh, Augusta was the fifth child of Serafina and Emma, but would be the only of two to live beyond five. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a... That's why you didn't give them names. Yeah. Uh, we call you a four. <laughs> we'll call you a maybe. <laughs> His dad died when he was nine. Oh, Jesus. So, yep. It's a fun house. Yeah, absolutely. Augusto got his education in monasteries and public schools. Uh, his family for generations had held prominent Roman Catholic positions, including archbishops and cardinals. And August took his vows in 1902, and he was ordained as a priest on September 20th, 1903. Nice. Yeah. It awesome. is nice. Yeah. So far, it's a great story. Yeah, it's a great story about a pious boy who outlived everyone in his family. That's right. That's right. Everyone around him Every died. And why one. wouldn't that make you think God has a plan? Uh, so he moved swiftly up the ranks. He was a secretary to a bishop. He was a seminary teacher and then the superior of the Carmelite Friars in Toronto. In Toronto? Well, T A R A N T O. Oh. You say it the way you want. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, I feel like we've shifted gears. Like at some point he went to Canada. Okay. Taranta. And then suddenly he bailed and became a Protestant. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> he must have found that secret door. He's like, oh, what's going on? He said, quote, I saw a bigger light. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> but one time he was questioned under oath later, and he well, was asked... Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello. And he was asked why he left the church, and he said, quote, I was not driven out of the Catholic Church because I was convicted of rape upon a parishioner. This has, like, a Tarantino editing vibe going on in it right now. <laughs> like, this is, like, true detective now. Like, wait, what? He's smoking with a mullet? What? What? Well, He no. was a cop a moment ago. They asked him why he left. And he sure. quickly... I didn't rape like, anyone! He said, not a rape. I'm sorry? I didn't... Uh, why don't you finish your question, huh? <laughs> I'll let you lead, huh? Turns out he was actually excommunicated from the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, okay. So they were like, get the fuck out of here. And he was like, I'm, I quit. I'm not going to yeah. do this any longer. Yeah, hey, the Protestants will take me. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So he switched teams. Uh, by 1910, he was preaching in Rome as a Protestant. Okay. He met American missionary Catherine Eyrick, who was an evangelical Methodist from uh, America. <sighs> It's all these little sects are so good. Yeah. I mean, but I, I don't, I'm just like, how hard is it to just be like, yeah, there's a fucking man in the clouds. Can we just, we, do we really need to mince all the, like, little shit? Yeah. Okay. It just seems a little, you know, nitpicky to be like, no, no, no. You can't drive on Saturday. You can't. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's it. Uh, 
so she was working on trying to convert Catholic Italian immigrants to Christianity in Milwaukee's Third Ward. At the time, Italians were a very isolated community in Milwaukee. Historian Michael Denning said they were the most isolated ethnic group ever recorded in the United States. Well, what was he smoking? <laughs> he was smoking history? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so the Italian, I mean, is the, the Italians that, here? Were, it was it was a real little Italy. Yeah, like they it were. Was, cool. They didn't go out. They were just right. inclusive. They were just like you don't want to leave. <laughs> they do a weird stuff once you leave the Third Street. There's a there's a Polish out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first guy to leave was the pepperoni cannoli guy. <laughs> he was the first one. He's like, I went out there with a cooler, a pepperoni, a cannoli. What happened? They bought it from me. They was a shitter faced. <laughs> R.I.P. to a goat. Uh, he said that the Italian, so the Italians simply do not switch and leave the Catholic Church. That's just not something that was happening back then. Right. I'm sure now all the time. But sure. Yeah. Oh, it's not as hot as it was. Uh, Catherine also hated Catholic beliefs and practices. Sure. So she was 35. August was uh, 29. He changes his name to August. Okay. Uh, 29. She told him her about her, her Milwaukee missionary work, and uh, he said he wanted in. Okay. He's like, let's fucking do this. Sure. So That's a quote. Yep. Let's okay. fucking do this shit. Nice. Uh, the quote changed a little bit, I noticed. There. I'm going to fuck the shit out of the third ward, <laughs> is what he said. Okay. It's again a quote. Like a spicy No, 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 no. Nope. Nobody ordered that. On December 11, 1910, he boarded a ship for America, and within a few months, August and Catherine were married. Nice. So he wasn't coming here to convert Italians. He was coming here. He heard missionary, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite way to come too, huh? Ah, oh. What about we going down to the third ward and doing the back door? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ uh, You said it But it is amazing To just be like I'll attach my woo to that Woo <laughs> Ain't no sex <laughs> You So he starts preaching In Milwaukee uh, And was ordained A deacon In 1912 Okay Now August stood out amongst the Italians in the Third Ward. So his ancestry was from northern Italy. He had light brown hair, blue eyes, and a fair complexion. And it also didn't help. He was trying to convert all the Italians to being a Methodist. So he is despised in the Third Ward. Because most of the he doesn't in, look Italian. Most of the people and, in the Third Ward are from southern Italy. So they're right. dark skin, dark hair. Right. And he's they don't northern like his Italy. blue. Right. Yeah. Um, so he would give sermons on street corners. Sure. Right. Now he's adored by Some his... people are still doing that, by the way. Yes. Yeah. He's adored by his own followers, his own flock. Okay. And his choir started holding weekly revivals, singing and preaching. Okay. On street corners. Sure. So um, he's got a street choir. Nice. Some Italians are amused. Um, others are annoyed. Oh. One of, one of those two ladies That's is... him up front? Yeah. Boy, and... he really, like... I, yeah, he's, I mean, it feels like he's getting worse looking as we go further into this. <laughs> he's just, and that's not much of a choir. He just found a bunch of children. He put, like, rose crowns on them and gave them some pool noodles. Yeah. 
And look at the women, the women around him are like, oh, this guy can just get fucked. This well, is just. No, one's Catherine. One's Catherine? I, mean, one's... I don't know which one. I, they didn't know, but one's Catherine. Well, they both look really into it. Yeah, they're super into it. She's like, oh, God. He's like, I told you, this would be good. Well, the one on the right is just like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, Okay. So Absolutely this... no indication which one is his wife. Okay. Um, so August was also working for, uh, as an interpreter for the local courts. So he makes connections with the higher-ups in the court system, higher-ups in town. Um, he's, he's very often very vocally anti-Catholic. Okay. He becomes a citizen on June 1916, and then they had a son in July. Okay. And then she died two days later. Ah. Jesus Christ. Is it him? Is yeah. he like the cooler? Fuck yeah, it's him. Everyone around him dies. Yeah. If he gives you love, you die. That's right. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, Milwaukee, like all other cities that had Italian immigrants, had anarchists. Sure. Some are here tonight. The Milwaukee anarchists called, uh, were called the Francisco Ferrer, Ferrer Circle, uh, named after the Spanish, you know. Yeah, you don't need to tell me, but they might want to know. The Spanish anarchist. The Spanish anarchist. Uh, the Spanarchist. When... <laughs> when the U.S. entered World War I in 1917, anarchists and the U.S. basically went to war on each other. So Congress passed the Espionage Act, which made it illegal to make or convey false reports or false statements with intent to interfere with the war effort. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh -huh. I can see some issues. Uh -huh. up. I'm glad we don't have that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> or to cause or attempt to cause insubordination, disloyalty, mutiny, or refusal of duty in the military. Boy, they've really had us by the test these for a while, huh? They're yeah. just like, would you say you don't like war? Go to jail. But I... <laughs> or did you say that guy shouldn't go to war? Yeah. Go to fucking jail. Yeah. Or to obstruct the recruitment or enlistment service, or to promote the success of America's enemies. Right. So they really promote got the success? It. <laughs> right. They got okay. it all. Right. Got yeah. it all. Right. Um, so a bunch of anarchists and leftists start getting arrested. Sure. Debs, Goldman, Berkman, uh, all these people are getting arrested. In Milwaukee, anarchists had meetings and lectures interrupted. Headquarters are being raided. Um, they're being beaten. Jesus. Now well, they're anarchists. That doesn't mean they deserve a beating. They know they're going to get beaten when they go in. Okay. They're like, I'm against government and religion. And now how do you feel about us? <laughs> now how do you feel about us? Do you like us more now? <laughs> also, um, an anarchist had been blowing shit up for a while, so people are scared of them. They're, sure. They're bombing stuff and doing their um, stuff. They're against it. Uh huh. On August 26, 1970, August led 25 members of his congregation down to Bishop and Potter Avenue in Bayview. Nice. So this is like another very Italian area. Um, for some reason, more people were more concerned that he shouldn't go there. Like it was like so because he's going to go preach not being a Catholic, and they're like, that, maybe that's not an area you do it in. Right. So he's picking, but he's picking places with Catholics yeah. to go tell Catholics oh, to get sure. out of the Catholic Church. And, then now he's and like, people are like, you might want to do that in a place that's not full of Catholics. <laughs> and he's like, well, my goal here is to actually convert Catholics. They're like, yeah. Have you thought about doing that in some of the Protestant areas? I think you'll find it's quite effective. So 
It's a super Italian area. As, as I look, I don't eat meat, but somehow that is the grossest looking meatball I've ever seen. That is just like, like Chef Boyardee would be like, get that out of the can. No. Oh, that looks Ugh. great. That's a spicy meatball. It's just like dung. So one person would hold the American flag <laughs> also, and they would... Also, who's like, you don't put the sauce on the meatball. You put the meatball on the sauce. The meatball... It's a deconstructed. He's a taking a bath in the, in the sauce. He's bathing, huh? It's like he crapped his meatball pants. <laughs> a meatball, you need a napkin. I came out of a... Kip had a little hole in the bottom of it. Uh, hey, you stop a talking now, okay? A meatball, I got a diarrhea. <laughs> no. <laughs> so one, one of his flock would hold the American flag, and then they would sing patriotic songs. So people would be like, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I like what's going this? on here. I love America. I like songs about America. Yeah. I'm going to go check out well, these actually, cool cats. Well, actually, they don't, because they're anarchists. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so this is the anarchists. Okay. Anarchists don't like songs I, about America. They're not into patriotism. Why. Turns out they're right on that one completely, 100%, huh? Oh, boy. Oh, I'm sorry. This guy. Best country on earth, asshole. Name one better. Bingo. Oh, keep going. Uh, well, keep going with the story. You had your chance, and you fucking blew it. I was going to name them all. I no. was going to start at the nope. bottom of Europe. And... Too late. You blew it. Okay. Best country on earth. Rwanda had a better COVID response. <laughs> Rwanda! What's their football team's name again? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jacob. It's, it's the Hutus, but the um, <laughs> that gets weird. Yeah, you're taking it there. <laughs> uh, also, someone would play the portable organ, and uh, well, I've people... always, that's been my one complaint about the organ. Not something you can bring to events easily. <laughs> just the guy pushing the organ down the street. Yeah, after just the like group. you're in the monkeys intro. Yeah, just some guy who's just like, fuck this guy. Uh, two people played the cornet. Hundred people gathered to watch. Okay. Augustine started speaking. Uh, he later would say he avoided religion and just focused on the war and pushing Italians to join up in the war effort. Now, listening were a group of anarchists, uh, including Maria Nardini, who was sort of the leader of the group. And when the speech was over, the anarchists surrounded August and told them they didn't believe in government or religion, and they hated the state, the church, the laws, and the pope. <laughs> and he's like, did you hear my songs? My songs are pretty clear. That is... Uh... <laughs> One said President Wilson was a pig and the flag was a rag. <laughs> so far, I'm on board with all this. <laughs> August offered to buy anyone who didn't believe in the flag a ticket back to Italy. I mean, I would absolutely be able to call that bluff. There's a hundred of them, maybe like, make him do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't do it for everybody, but uh, we all the first go. three people to raise their hands, huh? <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> You guys are really organized. <laughs> Play the organ. We're going to walk off. I want to go. I uh, know. I want a vacation to see my mama. <laughs> I don't think we can sustain this. Yeah. It's going to get so old. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, he tries to shake their hands at the end, and they, and they passed. Nice. And then locals weren't August. He shouldn't come back to Bayview. Okay. So the anarchists are like, fuck you. And then the locals are like, fuck you. And he's like, probably going to come back to Bayview. He and that his, went up pretty good. Yeah, he came back the next week. Right. He's <laughs> like, okay. And they started singing uh, Columbia, the gem of the ocean. Oh, Columbia, the gem of the ocean. So they started singing that, and uh, then the anarchists arrived. Do you know how it goes? Oh, I had the lyrics, but I didn't put them up here. Oh. Um, you know, it's Columbia, you're the gem of the ocean. Hey, mm-hmm. America, let's all fucking hold hands and then shoot people who are not white. Very catchy. Yeah. I'm going to have that stuck in my head yeah. for days. For sure. It's still, it's still, it's still a hit. I mean, you can, you can redo it every couple of years. Sure. Uh, so they started singing what uh, August called a vulgar Italian song. Hmm. Uh, quote, we fight the government, we fight the citizens, we are for anarchy. So now there's a huge crowd watching, and they heckle uh, August. August said they then threatened him, quote, they told me you must not come down here anymore. If you return to Bayview, we will kill you. We have a lake here, and we throw you down in the lake, and we cut your heads off. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it sounds like your order's pretty stupid. (laughs) You're going to need to have pretty good lungs to pull that off. You should cut our heads off and then put us in the lake. (laughs) You foolish anarchist. You've not thought anything through. I'll see you Thursday. So they're being pretty clear. They're pretty We are going to kill you if you come back to Bayview. Yeah. Now that's what August said, so who knows what the truth is. Sure, okay. He did not get a warm response, though, for sure. Okay. Um, so they leave, and he's determined to return. Well, just doesn't sound like the right move. So he goes to the uh, police chief, and uh, he asks the police chief for protection for when he goes back to Bayview. Okay. And then he goes to the Department of Justice and asks them for protection. Okay. So he's trying to get them to send he, as many men, men as, right, yeah. to defend him as possible. So he can sing his patriotic songs. So he can go down there with his portable organ and keep singing. Just like Jesus would have done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so the next week, two cops walk with him, and then there's other cops in the area. Okay. Um, this two, is the, by the way, two's not... Like two's not a lot, but, there, but there's undercover ones around. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Um, so... This is the corner. that they, it, it still looks the same, they say. So, um, it does. It does? Yeah. It looks the same. Um, oh, you know what happens right here? Are you an anarchist? You Get are. her. Move. Up front. Tom. Tom. One up front. One up front. Move. 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 So, uh, so Maria sees them coming. She's the leader of the... Of the anarchists. Uh, and she shouts into a house, uh, you know, and then all They're these, coming. These, fuck, these fucking these idiots back. fuckers are coming back. And then she's, a second later, she's marching down the street with uh, between 25 and 50 anarchists behind her. Okay. And they come and they face off with the evangelicals. One anarchist starts to unbutton his coat, which apparently means... I'm going to take f- it off. We're going <laughs> to... It's, and that is still true of today. It still means it's hot. It is the universal symbol for this is probably going to come off pretty soon. 
It's a little warm out, yeah. huh? He's gonna take his jacket off. That uh, hat's next. He's got his fingers on the brim. That I'm means... very good at reading body language. That coat's probably coming off pretty soon. Thank you, Darren. Let me know if you need any more. So that means a fight's about to his begin. His lips are dry. He licked them. <laughs> I'm 100%. He's so got his, He's got a sweaty bottom. He pushed his hand into his pants. And then he pulled his underpants out of it. Let me know if you need to know any more of this stuff. I don't. I'm, I don't. His eyes are getting dry. You're going to keep. That's why his lids are going down upon them. So you're going to keep It's a way going. of moistening his eyeball. Don't say moistening around. He's moistening don't say his moistening eye- and bathing. His eyes are getting dry. And if he were to not do that, his eyes would become raisins. Let me know if you need any more. So I don't want to live anymore. His, his legs are getting sore from standing. That's why he's moving them around a little. You see that thing he's doing with his mouth and his arms? No. And that uh, noise. He's tired. Let me know if you need any more. I'm jokes. very good, thank you. I, Just I understand. Just letting you know I've really got to read on this situation. Okay. What does it mean when you wink at me like that? I'm looking to pork. <laughs> That's it. Into the van. So when the guy starts unbuttoning his jacket, which means he's, he's about gonna, to. Okay. Which means he's going to fight. August told his flock to take off their hats. Uh, oh. Which we know is a big fucking deal. <laughs> like then, and then they're just like, "What is he doing? We were just going to take our jackets up. He's going nuclear. The hats are off. Oh my god, this is crazy." One anarchist yelled, "Bullshit! Bullshit! Put your fucking hats back on. It's fucked up." <laughs> Another yelled, "Coward! Coward! Put your hat back on, you coward!" And then one pulled down the guy, the whole American flag that was being held. Uh, I thought one guy was going to pull his pants down. That guy's just like, who is looking to party? I'm actually not sure what this guy's doing. This is new. I love this guy's style. Pants off. Are we not doing pants off next? We're doing pants off. Huh. Okay. So one of the cops says, uh, quote, if you don't like the meeting, get a move on or keep quiet. Uh, a cop very would, copy. A cop would later say that he went over to search an anarchist, and then he saw a gun. Hmm. Now, the anarchist said the cop started roughing up the anarchist, so we know that's the true part. <laughs> so it's a real he said cop line. <laughs> Either way, all of a sudden, cop's guns were out, and... And one started shooting into the crowd. Jesus Christ. Uh, so the tactics are pretty much the same as today. <laughs> yes. Make up a gun and then shoot people. Uh, the other cop pulled Sorry. out his gun and started shooting. Uh, another cop? Okay. Because so he, he saw that the cop had a gun. He's like, this cop has a gun too. Shoot these people. A lot of these cops have guns. What's happening right now <laughs> is the cops are indiscriminately shooting people. I just thought we were taking our hats off. Yeah, it's just... 
traffic escalation. So the anarchists started shooting back, so bullets are flying everywhere. August said he kept singing, and the organist kept playing. I love that. He's like, come on now, everyone. We should still have some fun. Come on, guys. But let's be honest. The Lord is unbelievable. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Fuck me, God is always looking out for you. We must run fucking quickly. He died upon the cross. Good Jesus for shit. Oh my God, I've been shot in the back. <laughs> oh, the blood, I mean the blood of the body I'm draining. Oh, lightheaded, whoa. I'm dying now. I'm for sure dying now. I will all. Everybody, oh, fuck my back. Ow. The anarchist said that uh, August ran for his life immediately. Uh-huh. So the shooting stops. One, one anarchist is dead. He'd been shot four times. Three others were shot but still alive. None of the singing Christians had been shot, unfortunately. And by the way, that does not help their belief in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, he is so amazing. He chose to not have us shot. <laughs> now I'm 100% what we're doing is right. What about the fact that you just being here is the reason people got shot? It is all part of the Lord's mysterious plan. <laughs> he lives up in the clouds and he's got a big board game that's us. <laughs> he's a man just like us with a big beard. He's like Jeff Bridges. Uh, two cops had been grazed. Had been grazed? Just grazed by bullets. Okay, not, not sure. Badly. The cops raid the anarchist little clubhouse they have, which is basically just a room they rent in the back of a building. Sure. Um, the way you put it makes it sound like the little rascals hang out. A yeah, little anarchist place. They got a dog with a black eye. It's a whole thing. It, they, they kept calling it a clubhouse everywhere. Clubhouse is amazing. It's just, I mean, it just, it's taken on a different terminology. Well, first of all, you're an anarchist. You shouldn't have a clubhouse. It should, like, it just First rule, right. no girls allowed in the clubhouse. <laughs> That's why we got curtains as a doors. Clubhouse. Got to climb the ladder up to the treehouse. No girls allowed. If mom's coming, ring the bell. It's the clubhouse. Um, we don't believe in moms. So they arrest uh, several anarchists. Maria's arrested as the leader. Uh, Moore arrested the next day. And then the district attorney. I'm afraid you guys are in a lot of trouble. <laughs> you don't know who you're fucking around with, okay? You picked the wrong guy to fuck with. Once my dad gets home, you are just in a lot of trouble. Oh boy, oh boy. All right, so now into your case. You guys are in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> My body chemistry is changing. <laughs> At an alarming rate. So the district attorney had six anarchists brought into his office for questioning, and he used August as the interpreter, despite well, that that's being... That's not good. <laughs> and they uh, admitted that they did it. <laughs> and they're not as sorry and they want to go to a jail for as long as possible and they're wondering if we can uh, use the city budget to put together an album for me I guess because I got a bunch of newest songs so crazy 
Yeah, so it's a slight conflict of interest. Right. Just a little bit. What did they say, enemy of them? <laughs> so the anarchists say that he's lying about what they're saying. They said that what uh, I'm saying they're saying is a truth. And they're really you know, impressed with it. So, pretty cool. The cops also use August to interpret the documents found in the clubhouse. Okay, so at this point, is it, should the police potentially have an Italian-English speaker? Like, just on staff or something? Instead he of is. just that's like, who they have. Yes, but, like, one on the payroll? That's their guy. He is actually in... Yeah, like, earlier in the story, I said he works as the interpreter for the courthouse. A lot's happened. Okay, well, that's not great. It's his job. Well, this is not great. I mean, great. there should be a time when they don't use him when he's involved in the crime. No, no, this is good. This makes sense for sure. <laughs> it's the Cactus Club now? Yeah, well, the back room used to be the anarchist clubhouse. Yeah. Do they have that when you go into the Cactus Club? Do they say this used to be an anarchist clubhouse? No, they're just like, no, it's Cactus. Who? A cactus, which is known for being all over Milwaukee. Uh, so the press said the cops had found, quote, a wagon load of anarchist literature. Mm. Just a fucking... They so had... that could be like a radio flyer or like an old-timey horse and buggy. <laughs> One of the anarchists uh, who had been shot died. Okay. So two now passed away from two. that. So they did an inquest and they said, oh, the killings were justified. Of course. Always good to police yourself. Yeah. Yep. An internal investigation is what we yes. call it. Right, right. We looked into it and we killed some guys. Well, we it's... talked to ourselves long and hard and it turns out we needed to do that. Yeah. So some Italians told the press it actually had nothing to do with the anarchists. Everyone was just sick of August coming down and trying to ram his religion down their throats. <laughs> uh-huh. And the press didn't care. They just Stuck made with it the... about anarchists. Right. If you can imagine. Right. Instead, it was just like an Oregon hate crime. Yes. Right. The Milwaukee Sentinel headline was, quote, round them up. Good. Good, uh, good, good. So the trials are set to begin the first week of December, and the Jesus. week the week before, on November 24th, Armenia Spicati was working at the uh, Italian Evangelical Mission as a cleaning woman. Okay. And she had her 11-year-old daughter with her, and at 10.30 a.m., her daughter saw a package wrapped in brown paper, tied with twine between the church's wall and fence. Where Santa always puts his gifts. <laughs> between the wall and fence. That's right. So Armina went out to look at it. Armenia mm. went out to look at it because, quote, my daughter thought there might be something to eat, so I went there for curiosity. Mm -hmm. So Armenia looks at it, and then um, they, le they leave the church a few minutes later because they're done... Okay, but do they not? Okay. Well, four hours later, uh -huh. Armenia comes back and tells the organist about the package outside. So he goes out and grabs it and takes it into the church basement. I mean, if it's a bomb, they've done a very good, like, it's going really well if it's a bomb. They're, like, watching, like, Jesus Christ, he's taking it inside. We thought he'd just open it outside. He's like, we should take this to the base of it. You know, where the foundation of the building exists. You have no idea what's coming. It is food. 
<laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Armenia called the police at 5.30 p.m. So this is... Six, called about the package. This is seven hours later. She's like, She's oh, like, by the way. We found a present. <laughs> Who? And the police come over and shoot it. And they're like, it had a gun. <laughs> we saw a gun in the package's belt buckle. It was brown. It was <laughs> So the cops say, well, we'll send someone to check it out. In the meantime, a choir member goes into the church to check on the furnace, and he sees the package. Sure, as choir members do. Over over an hour has passed, and the cops still haven't come. So the organist asks the church member to take it to the central police station himself. Uh, Man... They know it's a bomb. They do? Yes. They know it's a bomb. Who knows it's a bomb? The organist and the choir guy. They know it's a bomb, so they they're like, we'll just take it to the cops. I'll walk it over there myself. <laughs> Go deep! Okay. So it weighs about 20 pounds. Wow. So he puts it on his shoulder. What the fuck? This is someone who really does believe in God. He's like, it'll be fine. Hey, Frank, what are you doing? I'm carrying a bomb to the cops! (laughs) (laughs) So, as he walks down the street, he passes the cop who's on his way to the church to look at the bomb. And they didn't see each other. They just walked past each other. Wow. Wow. A bus went by, like in the movies. Well, I'm almost at the location. I can't wait to get my eye on this bomb package. So he gets to the central police station. Sure. Now I know it's true. And the choir member puts the package on the floor near the desk of a sergeant and said, quote, this is a bomb. I found it under the church. I'm sorry. You said it was... Sorry. You said it was a what? It's a bomb. Right. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, it's it's a, a bomb. It goes a boom. It's a bomb. What's in the package? A boom. A big bomb. Uh, um, sir, you're getting a little uh, loud, and I'm not liking your tone of voice. Stop it's resisting. A... I'm going to say it right now. Stop resisting. Now, what is inside of this present you've brought to the police? It's not a present. It's a bomb. It goes well, I, a boom. Uh, don't make me get the translator in here. What are you trying to tell us? It's a bomb. You mean like it's a pastry? No. I like a pastry, but it's not. Stop resisting. What is the gift? It's a bomb. Who's it from? The bomb guy. And who's bomb guy? I don't know. All right, what is this, like a who's on first? What is in the goddamn package, sir? That's a bomb. Get the fuck out of here. Stop resisting. We'll get the translator in here soon. He shoots pretty straight. I'm a walking out. Okay, go then. In reality, you probably stayed here though, right? Okay. Okay. So what did you do next? Why don't you walk me through that without resisting? Two cops told them to take it outside. 
Good police work. That's a bomb? Well, get it outside. All right, anyway, like I was saying, the chair actually reclines. Well, that's nice. And your legs can go up too. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like a bed chair, oh. which I'm a big fan of. I fell asleep in it. Yep. Karen left. It's great. She left about two weeks ago. Yeah. So the house is just mainly beer cans at this point. But um, I'm hammered, I don't even really. Hey, look, a present. Hey, the hell's that? Before he could take it outside, two other cops... Hey, asked... where you going with that asshole? Stop resisting. Nope. They asked him if he could translate for a different suspect. So he left the bomb and started translating. <sighs> Remember when you thought it was stupid that they put it under the, uh, under the church? Yep. That was before the police got involved in my defense, though. <laughs> okay, so he's like, I've got a bomb. And they're like, slow down, immigrant. Will you translate for these other immigrants who we can't... Put that down there. Put that down there, dumbass. All right, what the fuck is this guy saying? He's got something important to say. So he's doing that. The chief of detectives said, quote, it looked like a big dinner pail and innocent enough. Sure, for sure. We all know what a big dinner pail looks like. You know, when they give you your dinner in a bucket, it looked like a supper bucket. We've all seen that. You know, when you drop the bucket in the well and it brings out a steak and mashed potatoes with some veg. What you guys don't understand is at the time it was not irregular to eat your meals out of a bucket. <laughs> but the desk sergeant looked at it and thought it looked dangerous, so he took it into a lieutenant's office. Hey, sir. This looks pretty dangerous. I thought I'd bring it in here. Well, that does look dangerous. You did the right thing. Let's poke it with sticks. I mean, you try, you try to make it absurd, but... He brought it into the lieutenant and said, quote, look at the new kind of bomb I've got. Well, the hell, where the hell did you get a bomb that big? Are you sure it's not just a meal in a bucket? It's like a bucket bomb. Hmm, interesting. Or as I call it, chili. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you brought it in here. Why don't we treat it like a whoopee cushion and just put our <laughs> bottoms on it? A real Bronx cheer. Okay, so the lieutenant is the first human being of the story because he said, quote, Get rid of that thing damn quick. Don't fool around with anything like that. What do you mean, sir? It's a bomb. Didn't you hear me? What are you freaking out about? It's a bomb on your desk. So the sergeant took it into the squad room. All right, boys. Now everyone gather around and listen and listen good. The lieutenant's furious about me bringing this bomb into his office. So I'm going to keep it in here with us. Smart, smart. Thank you. Uh, what do you say we poke this thing with some sticks? See what's going on, huh? Are we sure it's not just lasagna and a big... It's not a bucket meal. I'm 90% sure. 85, now that I'm thinking about it. So, right then, detect the detectives on the night shift are coming down the stairs after roll call, and they stop in the squad room to look at the bomb. 
All right. A bomb, huh? Pretty cool. These things go off, you know. No way. Yeah, someone do. It's the size of a half-gallon jar with a small bottle on top filled with an unknown brown liquid. There are gravy. <laughs> That's 100% so the gra gravy. So the gravy goes into the big uh, It's a gravy the jar. It's, the gravy well, the jar. it's a way, uh, you know, people now, they're doing all this sort of stuff with food. Yeah. They call themselves foodies. Everything's yeah. foam now. I don't know if you've heard about this. They're foaming everything. Yeah. But this is a way to probably heat the gravy. It's like a gravy boat, but in a jar. Mm. Candace keeps wanting to take me to one of these new restaurants, but they do stuff like this all the time. It's like, for me personally, just give me the gravy and a little thing. I'll pour it on there. But uh, that's for sure some gravy. What we should probably do is put our mouths on it and taste it. Pass it around the room like it's one of those left-handed cigarettes those hippies are always talking about. <laughs> so... There are metal plates on top and on bottom of the package. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still tracking with food for me. One of the cops in the squad room looked at it and said they should put it in a bucket of water, and then he walked out. All right, I'll see you guys later. <sighs> hey, we should put it in water. I'm late. <laughs> That's actually good advice because these bombs are usually dynamite, and that would actually work. I mean, okay, that's so, pretty, very Looney Tunes. But he did walk out after saying it. We should eat it and let it go off in our stomachs. I like what Hank's talking about. That sounds pretty good, too. That way we can taste the gravy part of it. You're not thinking like a cop. You're thinking like a citizen. <laughs> now, at 7.33 p.m., the sergeant, Sergeant Deckert, had the bomb between his legs and was mm. unwrapping the paper. Now, we what know... kind of animal do I look like when I do this? <laughs> when I run around the room, look like I'm wagging it. <laughs> All right, let me just put this near my genitals and let's get this thing opened. There we go. Now, the reason we know it was at 7.30 p.m. is because that's when the bomb exploded. Oh, my God! <laughs> hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow September 13th, London September 15th, Dublin September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham September 20th, 
Bristol September 22nd and Cardiff September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there <laughs> sergeant's dinner just popped <laughs> was it a bucket meal uh-huh. the explosion was heard for miles oh so this cop's baby makers there is are no just... more cop oh okay You're right but he died from he died li- from a penis explosion there is literally no more cop that cop is no longer He's, a, he's gone. He's, he's dust. He's cells. He's, uh, they put him behind bars. Yeah, okay. It's full of screws, bolts, heavy, sharp-edged pieces of metal. It's designed to shred people. Um, and it In kills, between his legs. It kills a bunch of cops. Okay. Uh, dead were a civilian woman, a police alarm operator, seven detectives, the sergeant. Jesus Christ. Uh, none of the sergeant's body is found. He finally was identified by the stripe on his trousers leg. I, I'm, okay, that is obviously a lot of people who died, but who the fuck is like, that's, that's his trouser leg? <laughs> Put the sheet back over it. Don't make her keep looking at it. <laughs> I know that stripe anywhere. I know that stripe anywhere. He was the only one who shopped there. A local paper quote, there is an unaccounted for foot at the morgue, which... Do you really need to get the foot ID? Is that really where we... That's his foot. I'd recognize it anywhere. It went right in that trouser leg, it did. There is an unaccounted foot at the morgue, which some think was Sergeant Deckert's, while others claim his feet were not so large as this one. I don't think you need to bring... You know what I mean? We need someone to ID the foot. Why? Because... I mean, what else are we going to do? Okay. Interesting. Well, it might not be him. He might have gotten out of there. Mm. So. That's... I don't know. That's a pretty big foot. Uh, Decker had like a smaller feminine foot. Interesting. Let's get the sketch artist in here. Now, <laughs> you say it was a feminine foot. You mean it didn't go very wide? It was a bit more of a narrowed foot? Yeah, it was like a... What would we, you say? Well, it was a called, man's seven, man's eight? We called them ladyfoot around the... Uh... Get an APB out on that foot. I think it's still on the run. Hey, buddy, is this one match? Uh, no. Oh, that's a black guy. Yeah, so... Too soon. Too soon. The Milwaukee Journal, quote, glass, plastering, clothing, arms, legs, papers covered the floor. A cap from an officer's head hung on a broken bit of glass in a side window. Oh, wow. From the ceiling swung loosened planks and the two blackened chandeliers. The journal had... So it wasn't a dinner. (laughs) It was not. The journal had headlines like, Body of Deckert is blown to bits. The wedding ring blown from the finger and detective's watch blown from pocket. I mean, we get it. They blew up. 
Pocket watch gone from pocket. Change missing from pants. Fingernails separated from digits. Everything that could be removed from another thing was removed. Hair off of heads. Eyebrows off of face. The foreheads. Foreheads. Nipples no longer attached to bodies. They got a pile of nipples down at the mug. They're trying to figure them out. Yeah, we're really playing go fish with these nipples. I'll tell you that much. No, Decker's nipples were bigger than that. <sighs> it just doesn't make sense. Every time I think we're close to finding Deckard's nipples, they throw us another Wait goddamn curve. Wait a minute. What? You got something? No, we got 11 what? dead people yeah. and 76 nipples. Where's Ed Gein? Officer Gein? I brought some from home that I thought we could use as... Uh, Belt. Huh? Belt. Belt. I'm saying you should make a belt out of nipples. Oh, all right. That's a great idea. <laughs> so cops start rounding up Italians. They're just like... Let's get the Italians. Every, yeah, every Italian is a suspect. Arrests were made also as far away as Seattle and Omaha. The FBI believed the bomb was connected to the shootout and that Milwaukee's anarchists were linked to Chicago's. Some speculated that the bomb had been meant for August, who was to be a material witness in the trial next week. Okay. Also, I assume, the interpreter. Right, yeah. <laughs> They said I'm not a guilty. You're not on trial. Oh. <laughs> the cops told August to stay hidden, stay out of sight. Now, there's where he didn't. A Milwaukee congressman wrote to the FBI about Italians stating, quote, a nest of them is planted in this city. Oh, it's a hive. It's a nest of Italians. They're making honey for the queen. August told reporters it had nothing to do with religion and was only about patriotism. Quote, there was no disturbance until I announced that the audience would sing. So he's talking, they're questioning him about, and it's all going back to the shootout. Uh-huh. Um, There's no disturbance until I announced that the audience would sing America. Some of the men seemed to go crazy. They shook their fists at me and showed their teeth and cursed. Well, you have to show your teeth to curse. Fuck you! Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, boy, this escalated. <laughs> they opened their mouths to do it. There's a fine, and then, uh -oh, they, then the they the hats are off. The hats are off. I see the teeth. <laughs> the teeth are out. Milwaukeeans, is that right? Sure, whatever you want to do, bud. <laughs> they didn't care uh, that Italians rounded up and now sitting in jail were completely innocent, just that they were Italian. Yeah. Newspaper editorials wrote that it was the right thing to do to arrest the Italians. <laughs> There's now about 80 in jail. None are charged with bombing or really anything. They're just charged with being Italians. Yes. Right. Police kept a tight lid on the investigation, though one captain said he had an accurate description of the man who was, quote, the brains of the anarchist activities in Milwaukee. He was Italian. The anger in the city wasn't helped by the fact that all the dead cops had wives and kids, which the papers really hit hard. Right. Just kept fucking right. driving it home. Some wanted an Italian vigilante group 
who would be loyal to America to form to take care of business in their community. So an Italian vigilante group being a group of anti-Italians who are uh, vigilantes. A group of patriotic Italians. A group of patriotic Italians to go kill Italians. Yes. Okay. That sounds like it could be pretty, there could be some infighting in that group. Huh? You know what? I think we should stay. You son of a bitch. You. What? You. Us. Me. No, you. You're all of us. No, I'm a... I'm a... Spicy meatball. See, we overcome. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a close. Well, <laughs> so a close, but we have that one thing we talk about. I know. Uh, the mayor disagreed about this vigilante idea, saying the chief of police had discussed doing this for years. He's wanted this way before Italians were enemies. <laughs> And they didn't think it was the way to go. Quote, I don't believe the Italian people themselves can find a remedy. <laughs> Milwaukee's on the edge. Oh, and then a package arrived at... No! <laughs> Another dinner bucket. No, Sergeant. What? <laughs> it arrived at August Giuliani's house. Oh, God. He wasn't home, so a neighbor signed for it and then put it... The neighbor? In... Who the fuck is the neighbor? Oh, he's going to be excited to get this. Who doesn't love a package? August is just like the rest of us. A present's a present. That's what I've always said. Boy, feels like there's a lot of nails and screws in here. He must be doing some home renovations. Say, there's no return address. Is that odd? Ah, whatever. Give it to me. I'll hold on to it. Just put it in my crotch here. Do, 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 do. Oh, it's like a thigh master. Really got to squeeze it nice and hard. Oh, that actually feels pretty nice. I haven't had a lady over in a while. You don't need to hear this. I'll just go inside by myself. I've got one of those chairs that reclines and your feet goes up. I've got my night planned. Hopefully he doesn't come back till tomorrow. <laughs> know what I mean? Package on a package. Mmm. So a neighbor signs for it and puts it in the basement, and other neighbors then start freaking out. What are you worried about? It's just a package for a guy. It's in the basement, Looney Tunes. Relax. Yeah, I took care of it. I put the bomb in the basement. Some want to throw it in the river, uh, but then August came and opened it. What? It was a, quote, fat Thanksgiving goose. Okay, so... Who the fuck... I have 85 questions, but I'll just go to a couple. Who is... <laughs> okay. Who's mailing geese? <laughs> we'll start there. The gooseman. Uh, and then after that, who in the climate of the moment is like, I'm going to send a package uh, yeah, that's, to this guy? That's, yes. Why? 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 Why not be yeah. like, I'll drop it off? Yeah, I'll drop it. Yeah. And but and if you're him, or take if you're him, go, this is a goose. If you're him, you're like a package that looks like it could be a meal. <laughs> Springs a bell. What is it? <laughs> oh, goose. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. That's gone through the mail. <laughs> oh, Still male, good. Male goose are the best gooses. Mm -mm. Mm. They ripen over those three or four days. Mm. That's good goose. <laughs> <laughs> so the mayor gave the cops... Did you get my goose? <laughs> I'm going to start mailing geese. This is rotting. Happy holidays. <laughs> Did you have a good Christmas? It's a goose for you. Did you get the meatloaf with the gravy I mailed you? For some reason, it didn't make it here. 
goddamn postal service, that fucking DeJoy, he's ruined the whole thing. So the mayor gave the cops 20000 to investigate the bombing. A lot of people besides anarchists hated August, but they only looked at the anarchists. Sure. And the public really wanted the Italians in jail to pay. So the trial for the 11 arrested for the shooting began, and the defense asked for a change of venue, which was especially needed because the police had said they'd connected the 11 defendants to the bombing of the police station, which was a complete lie. Right, okay. So the juries would be soured, basically. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Judge Bacchus denied a change of venue. The prosecutor was a socialist who would switch to Republican in two years. The Inter judge was interesting known, move. Yeah. The judge was known for very swift justice. The journal said he would often put criminals in prison, quote, for a lengthy term on the very day of arrest. Okay, and that seems quick. But it's, does it? <laughs> it's very quick. Uh huh. Um, so, the prosecutor several times during the trial said Italians were threatening witnesses with gestures. He said they were biting on their thumbs, which was a great uh -huh. threat among Italians, and he put an Italian detective on the stand who testified that indeed biting your thumb was a threat. That's right. It's a horrible thing to do. I looked it up. It, it, I, there is a thing to Shakespeare. You used to bite your thumb at someone. So it's like a fuck you. From CNN, quote. Oh, what? well, we know it's reliable. <laughs> Brian Stelzer's on this one. As a human meatball, <laughs> let me tell you what this means. What does it mean when an Italian bites their thumb? The bitten hand is then used to make a chopping gesture in the air. This might look as though it indicates hunger, but in fact sends a message of impending punishment. It stands for, if I catch you, you're in deep trouble, I'll hurt you. Wow. Uh, I wonder if ASL's kept that. <laughs> so it's like this and this? Uh, it's a thumb bite and a chop, you uh, said? Right, okay. I think. <laughs> it's a little overt. Like, if you saw that, you'd be like, they're all doing it. I feel like there is something going on here. We all have the same tick. Mm. Um, so pretty much every objection the defense has is overruled by the judge. The defense attorney and prosecutor are constantly arguing, and at one point the defense attorney threatens to punch the prosecutor in the face. Sure, as one does, which is great. That's yeah. great. I would, I, would be, <laughs> I would like that if I was a defendant. I'd yeah. be like, I like this fucking guy. Yeah, this guy's my guy. Uh, Your Honor, permission to punch this piece of shit in the mouth? I want to see where this goes. Sure. Your Honor. The uh, district attorney office stenographer testified... The, what? That the district attorney office stenographer... Well, what I was going to say was... This is hard to do at the same time. The day that... <laughs> I've never had to do this before. It's so meta. The day that you are questioning me about is actually more interesting than you have even laid out, she said. I think I'm writing a first-person novel. I... She'd been sleeping poorly lately. She wondered what that was due to. Uh, Maybe it's that she missed Kevin still. Ma'am? He'd left about two months prior. Ma'am? He said he'd be back soon. He was gonna go try out for some baseball teams. Ma'am, can you answer the question? I am answering the question. 
Was there more going on? Question mark. Was this something to do with her? Question mark. Question mark. Well, that was a story for another time. She was on the stand with a grumbly tummy. Yes, she'd had some eggs Benedict that morning that didn't look quite right, but she still knew something just wasn't right. Can yes, you won't. Chapter two. <laughs> The DA office stenographer testified that during the uh, DA office questioning of the defendants, quote, <laughs> All I want to do. Questions and answers were interpreted by Reverend Giuliani truly incorrectly, never mind that the stenographer spoke no Italian. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> she was lying when she said that. <laughs> Miss! Mm? Uh... What? Sorry. Okay, so she's like, yes, he absolutely was translating properly. And do you speak Italian? Not a word. <laughs> I abhor the language, to be frank. <laughs> Hate Italians. The Sentinel reported the jury found the trial boring and informed an orchestra. Quote, <laughs> what? what? Is that fair to do? With Jim Beal on saxophone, Herman Schultes playing... What is happening right now? I'm sorry. I Wait, will you go back a touch and just say what sure. you said again? The news is reporting what? The Sentinel what? reported the jury found the trial boring and, found an, and formed an orchestra. I didn't know that was a jury option. That would really change jury duty. And you have no proud knowledge of the key. And can you play the stand-up bass? I can't. We would love to have him in the band, the jury, sorry. The band jury. And you know how to play a jug? That's right, I can play a blow in the jug and make a who sound. This guy's perfect for the band jury too. We really think of the jury more as a recording group. Uh... Quote, with Jim Beerl on saxophone, Herman Schultes playing the jailhouse piano, and John Stepnuski on co concert. Is this distracting to anyone else? Because I'm actually, I have some requests for the band. You guys are unbelievable. <laughs> Do you know uh, she's a grand old flag? Two, three, four. <laughs> so the defense attorney tried to explain to the jury what anarchism is, and obviously that didn't work. Right. Uh, he's like, it doesn't mean violence, and they were just reading literature and learning what it was, and one defense witness said he had spoken at the anarchist clubhouse the day of the shooting, but he had not talked about violence uh, during the speech, and he was then arrested as he got off the stand. <laughs> what? Because they were like, well, you were there, you fucking anarchist. Wait, I didn't know. No, I wasn't. I lied. Shit. <laughs> Two, three, four. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best in the business. This guy's unbelievable. Three more. Hey, Your Honor, we request a recess until we can find a percussionist who actually knows some of the songs. <laughs> oh, come on. You lied. You're terrible. You have no rhythm. Christ. Three more anarchist defense witnesses were arrested the day after they testified. Um, <laughs> what is bullshit? Three other Italians were arrested when they tried to bail out one of those guys. So they just... <laughs> these jails. Thank for God these jails are large. Yeah. That's... In his closing arguments, the prosecutor, uh, prosecutor brought up that, uh, repeatedly that they were anarchists and um, that anarchists had just assassinated President McKinley. So the judge just let him just say all this shit, which he clearly shouldn't have. There you go. Keep he, going. I have some notes. Read some of this stuff. 
the prosecutor also brought up that the police station had just been blown up, which should not have been able to, uh, allowed to right, bring up. It, right. Judge says nothing. So on December 20th at 8.20 p.m., after the jury deliberated for 17 minutes, they found all 11 guilty. And we have 15 new guilty. songs. <laughs> we have what we call a concept album. Oh, interesting. Can we announce the verdicts with music? I would have it no other way. <laughs> well... <laughs> Not yet. Not you're a little trigger happy with that one. Um, they were found guilty of conspiracy to assault with the intent to kill and murder, even though there's zero evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, they had all been convicted to, due to the bombing. Right. So everyone got 25 years. Jesus Christ. Uh, now Maria and her husband were both convicted, and they had a five-year-old son. Also convicted. Shut up. But I don't know what anything is. Well, and that did not work in your favor, little man. <laughs> You're going to jail. Well, family members wanted to take him in. They had family members around. And sure. They wanted to take him in. But the judge sentenced the boy to 25 years in an orphanage, which meant he would have to stay there until he was 30. 30? What the fuck kind of crazy shit is that? <laughs> that is like... It's like the beginning of Elf. <laughs> Hanging out in an or like, when do you think you're gonna find a pop? I mean, I don't know. At this point, I have four kids of my own, so I'm sort of like, <laughs> the fuck is the idea here? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> Your Honor, are you sure you don't want to reassess that? I'm not reassessing any math. Keep it up and I'll give him another five years in that <laughs> orphanage. That's it. You stay to the orphanage till you're 40. 50. Keep going, buddy. I didn't say nothing. I just didn't understand what you 60. were... 60. What? 60 years old, you get out of the orphanage. Let me tell you a little story about the outside, <laughs> orphans. Uh, it's not all grueling lashings on the outside. I was there when I was about your age. And now I'm an 85-year-old orphan just hoping that some of these parents want to take me home with them. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm normally t- twice or three times their age. No matter what little outfit I put on. One of these days, I'm hoping to have someone want to take a senior boy home. <laughs> I'm just talking to a pile of hats. I'm not even sure what... The point of all this is anymore. Uh, We'd like that one over there. Uh, Gadzooks, it's showtime. An inquest was held into the bombing. Again, August was the interpreter for the Italians. And they said uh, that uh, they didn't do it. (laughs) Now, this is big news for all uh, anarchists. They're all very upset. Emma Goldman wrote that August was working with the cops, quote, framed by an ex-priest and members of the police department of Milwaukee. She believed the cops and Department of Justice had gone to entrap the anarchists not to protect August. So anarchists everywhere are fucking pissed. In 1918, Emma Goldman goes and gets Clarence Darrow. Oh, whoa. Clarence Darrow. 
it's fucking go time. <laughs> I just got adopted by a loving family. She gets him to appeal the case to the state Supreme Court. Donations from anarchists came in to pay his $5,000 fee, and the court overturned... I love lawyers. Lawyers, just like, like, this is on principle insulting. Once my fee's paid, I'm on board. But... Um, the court overturns the, con- the conviction, except for the two guys who were armed and did shoot. And the orphan. And the orphan. Um... Well, because his parents get out. He, I assume he got out of the orphanage. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> nope, you stay. <laughs> but they're out. Well, you've got to wait until you're 80. <laughs> okay. Um, so those two guys are still in, and uh, as soon as everyone's released, the Department of Justice arrests them because they're going to deport them all. Right. Um, but the judge releases them for custody until they're deported. So... Um, before the judge let them go, he asked each if they planned to become citizens. The Sentinel, quote, some men shook their heads while Pasquale Nardini said he would first find out whether you should buy a house or go back to Italy. Hmm. That's <laughs> the weirdest. Yeah. So, uh, Depends I'm, uh, on the uh, property. I guess I'm going to see what the uh, property taxes are. It's a great answer. You may go. <laughs> Most decided to get the fuck out of Milwaukee. Why? Seems like a really great place to be for them. And then they started getting arrested on deportation warrants. Uh, some were arrested in Chicago, and a Chicago paper reported they had been convicted in connection with the police station bombing. And they had planned a radical uprising on the day they were arrested. So just fair, balanced journalism. Yes. Right. The two Italians who did not have their convictions overturned were just getting the business in prison. One had 75 infractions in 18 months. Jesus Christ. (laughs) He finally snapped and attacked a guard and was declared insane and moved to the hospital for the insane. Great move, probably. Well, wow. So this is when mental health was uh, a thing that we uh, looked for and tried to cater towards. And clearly they're burning some of the... Mentally unstable due to the enormous <laughs> fucking smokestack. Throw another insane one on the fire, Bobby. It's getting cold. Oh, no problem. I mean, look at the size of it. It's like the fucking Capitol. Yeah, it's really crazy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it's like at a separate building. Uh, you're going to what we call building two. <laughs> Say your goodbyes. <laughs> no, leave your stuff. You won't need it in building two. Why is it so much smaller? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Get into building two. Now, on April 16th, 1918, two bombs were placed on the sides of the prosecutor's house at night while he, his wife, and two sons slept. One bomb was the exact same as the one that blew up the police station. The second bomb had a, a, a... fuse that was lit but that went out and it was probably because it rained right after the bombs were placed. So, okay, so the person was, well, in a way it's kind of like a good base cover. They're like, I've got the one cartoony fuse bomb and then I've got the other one that just needs to be shaken around a bunch. And yeah, and I assume if one goes off, the other one would go off? Like, I don't know how that works. Sure, probably. Or Although, one depending goes off, on. And then you run inside and you're like, presents! And yeah, you open and then you're the like, one. this is probably one to help us with that first bomb. Open it up. <laughs> I think it's a Christmas goose. 
Uh, a neighbor saw one package and called the prosecutor, and then the cops came and took the bomb. I don't mind us. We're going to handle this bomb. We know exactly what we're supposed to do. We'll take it to headquarters where we'll put it in every single room in the building. <laughs> and then we'll place it around and we'll dance around it for a minute and we'll tap on it while we do the hokey pokey. Hold on, let me finish. We're police. Then when the time's right, one of us will put it on our dick. <laughs> and he'll start to open it like he's the lucky boy who just got his Christmas stocking. At that time, if it's a bomb, it'll go... No, yeah, it'll go off and we'll all... Yeah, and then the circle of life. You understand. <laughs> so the cops uh, took it to an open field and put the bombs in tubs of water. Smart. But the cops had to keep telling gawkers who wanted to see the bombs to back off. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe it's a real bomb. Take a look at that fucking thing, huh? <laughs> I'll tell you what, a souvenir of that's probably going to be worth a pretty penny one day. Guys, we remind you to stay far away from the bomb. Oh, come on, man. What's what's your fucking freedom or what? Are we in a free country? Why do you have a scuba outfit on, sir? I was just thinking maybe it might be a good time for me to go swimming around in the bomb bucket or... (laughs) What are the rules? Nobody has told us the official rules of this game. It is not a game. Well, then why are we all here trying to get in the bucket? Like, Tom's in the bucket now doing the backstroke. Son of a bitch, how did he get in there? Gentlemen, the bar's been set quite high. Sorry, the orchestra's here. It's a pretty good idea. So, we were thinking it might be a good idea for some of us to eat the bomb. Oh, what the? Do you guys know what a fucking bomb is? Have you ever seen the pool game? Let me finish. (laughs) Where you you put floaties on a little basketball hoop? Would it not make sense for us to form two teams of four? Let me finish. And get in the tub, and then we shoot, and first to 12 is allowed to open the bomb underwater. What about if we play Marco Bamo? I'm just saying I think we could make a day of activities out of this event. Could be nice. Uh, Chicago said a bomb expert from their anarchist <laughs> squad. Hey, we don't uh, need no fib over here. We're, uh, <laughs> we don't, uh, Pretty sure we can handle this internally in the state. But I'm one of the best bomb experts in the Midwest. Yeah, relax, okay, pal? Big city, windy city, you don't know how it works here, okay? Our bombs are a little different in this area, okay? He determined it was the exact same as the police station bomb. Now, the prosecutor and his top assistant, who, remember, the they kind of they think they've convicted the guys. Yeah, but now for sure. More, yeah, yeah, no, this right. Yeah, they put the guy. They put like the serial killer in jail, and then there's another serial killing, yeah. and they're like, "God damn it, this isn't good." Now the prosecutor and his top assistant, who had gotten the convictions of the eleven, were continuing to receive death threats. So they went to Chicago to meet with Clarence Darrow, with an offer. They asked him to talk to the Chicago anarchists to get them to call off trying to kill them. And if they did, the prosecutors agreed to fix the record on the appeal so the convictions of the 11 would be reversed by the Supreme Court. 
So basically, they're saying if you stop, if you anarchists stop threatening us, we will get, we'll let the other anarchists out. Well, basically, the two. I put eleven, but the two guys that are left. Okay, right. So the two guys that are Jews. Right. So um, they, they agree <laughs> really. To this. So the moral of the story is keep threatening the cops. Yeah. Right. So they or the prosecutors. So, so Darrow agrees. So he meets with the governor. Darrow ends up meeting with the governor, and the prosecutor and judge both agree the men should be released. And then the governor commutes their sentences. Okay. Uh, the governor, however, started deportation proceedings while they were... The government started deportation proceedings while they're still in prison. So they're still going to get... So they're still going to be deported, but, they but they're going to be released. Yeah. What, they probably they, don't want to like, fucking be here anyway. Yeah, no, that's honestly, you're just paying for their boat ride. Uh, most of the anarchists were deported. Unfortunately, we do not want you to be in this city any longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a cool... <laughs> Some of them returned to the U.S., like Maria. Some of them stayed, even though there were deportation warrants out for them and just kept living in the U.S. the whole time. Sure. <laughs> a fund was created to take donations for the widows of the cops. And by the end of 1917, there was $28,000 in it. But in January, the widows had only received $1,500 each. The police department was holding the rest of it. Mm. 14000 Sounds... It's uh, evidence. Because city officials were arguing over whether or not they should get it if they were getting a pension, even though it's donated money. Jesus Christ. Hey, I just wonder if we could figure out how to be more awful. We were thinking we could put it towards a tank. That's a pretty good pitch. <laughs> That's a pretty good pitch. A new group was created, the Italian Federation, to help new immigrants and show them how to be good American citizens. Oh, my God. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I mean, it would be great if we had someone showing us that now. How to be good. August claimed victory of the whole thing, and he said he was not the target of the bomb. Right, except for he was every, the target all the, the evidence, right. <laughs> he told the Milwaukee Journal, quote, I have no fear and will continue my work in the Milwaukee church as before. Many people have remarked that my safest course would be flight and seem surprised. But I can't fly. And seem surprised when I said I would remain. I do not think our enemies will resume work soon. I think they are now living in terror of exposure for the disaster which has brought indignation of the country upon their heads. Man, I, I'm really hoping there's one more bomb coming. Like one more, <laughs> one more package dropped out. Now I feel like, excuse me, I'm going to open this Christmas gift. Now the guy who planted the bombs was never found. Hmm. But... There are two dudes. An historian, Paul Average, believes anarchist Carlo Valdosini, Val, Valdosini and Mario Buda were responsible. They were not from Milwaukee. Because they signed a letter in the package? Yeah. Sincerely. It's a, sincerely a Mario. A Mario. It's a Mario. <laughs> no, no. You know who it was? A Wario. <laughs> 100%. Um, they were anarchists who wanted revenge for the killing of the two anarchists, right. the cops. Right. And they blamed August and the cops. They had experience with bombs, and Buddha was connected to the same type of bomb in New York and would later be, be seriously connected to, in 1920, bombing a Wall Street and other shit. This guy. So there's a good wow. chance... There's a good chance the Italians who were arrested and deported were literally just reading and talking about anarchism, but angry that there was an anti-Catholic preaching in their neighborhood, like right. all the other Italians. 
Uh, August Giuliani never stopped preaching. Damn it. His church had 135 members, but in the Italian community, he was ridiculed and called a clown. Many thought he was a police informant. Because he's clearly a police informant. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was like, there's a lot of evidence towards that, yeah. <laughs> in 1922, the former husband, uh, the husband of a former parishioner, filed a $15,000 lawsuit against August for, quote, depriving him of his wife's love and affection for nearly three years. Meaning he was... He's banging her. Yeah. I guess you couldn't come up with, like, I'm suing him for banging my wife. <laughs> He's taking all of the bang out of her bang tank. Your Honor, he made her come. <laughs> Your Honor. I can't. <laughs> as much as I try. Bishop has investigated and cleared him. The prosecutor decided not to file charges against his own interpreter, who he publicly called a hero. In 1923, August was driving down Murray Avenue when a motorcycle with two riders pulled up alongside. Mm. The passenger jumped on his running board and tried to beat him with a club. Jesus Christ. Worst car attack ever. Yeah. There's better ways to handle it. Is it the fucking road warrior? Like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Please roll down your window. Uh, no. <laughs> He said no. Well, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. August crashed into a car. The attackers fled. He'd received threatening letters before the attack. Months later, the roof and tires of his car were slashed. In the next 10 years... I like the roof slashing. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You're not going to be able to... Well, I'm not sure why we're doing this, honestly. <laughs> In the next 10 years, he would be assaulted twice more. He finally died on November 23rd, 1929. Until 9-11, the bombing was the biggest mass death of cops in the U.S. Holy shit. Which, they didn't target the police station. Right, like, no, they charged... That could have gone they, better right, right. for what they wanted. Of, right, yeah. They put it in a church. They're like, we'll show them. And then yeah. they were probably like, wait, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you killed a lot of cops. What? You killed a lot of cops. That, that was the plan? Yeah. How did you know? <laughs> that they would take the bomb from the church to the police station. Well, I knew they'd, I knew they'd put it in the basement. Yeah, but just to have that fourth But then I also site. know the cops take a long time when they get a call. It's and so still I knew amazing. That they, I knew that they... I know choir people. Like, I know how they think and how they act. And I knew they'd be like, we shouldn't leave this here. Right. But still, so the thing that they would it take the it cop. to the police station. But well, then I knew they would. Because but then you would think the police would... How did you know the police would handle it so poorly? It's just well, all very well put together. Police are really dumb. You were eight steps ahead the entire time. I mean, honestly, this could have just gone off outside the church and nobody could have been hurt. Do you want to see my diagrams? Absolutely. I got the Bomb down the stairs. Wow. Walk it across. And that's a coyote? Cop the, that's a coyote. That's amazing. Co wait, cop goes the other way. Sure. Put it in the, near the sergeant. Then Remarkable. Into the other room, in the other room, back up of the room. And what down is that room. bucket with all those meats falling out of the side of it with the. What is that? Why did I put a meat bucket it there? It says dinner, dinner is served, it says. <laughs> it's very interesting. I don't remember. Very well done. Well Thank thought you. out. Thank you. Uh, police recruits are still told about the 1917 bombing. In 19, 
92, one cop said the only thing he was told about it was, quote, don't bring bombs into police stations. I'd gathered that one, honestly, sir, but it's good to know it's a rule. After the bombing, the police changed the protocol for handling suspicious packages. That's right. You open it outside. Not in your crotch. We came up with what we call the crotch cloth. We're pretty, sure, pretty, pretty certain Buddha did it, because there's other like, people associated that were carrying stuff. And, right. Like, but they just wanted... You know, heads on pikes, so they just went with yeah, what they, was easiest and quickly to prosecute. You, capital, even, capitalizing on public sentiment and, yeah. you know, using. And they didn't all even that. arrest a bunch of more anarchists and just blame it on them, also. They just, they were like, no, we got them. Yeah, right. Which is, I mean, what doesn't happen anymore, which is no. comforting. No. Uh, sources the Milwaukee Police Station Bomb of 1917 by Robert Tanzillo. Uh, Milwaukee Magazine and uh, uh, the research paper, Milwaukee Bombing, Worst Loss, Police Life Until 9-11. It's a good title. A lot more in 9-11, like 42 or something. Wow. I didn't keep track. Fucking crazy. I, uh, man. Yeah, if, I mean, it definitely, it definitely feels like we still, you know, there's still a lot of similarities today, it's never, obviously. It's, where it's never changed. They, they'll always do that. They'll always grab a guy that they hate to... Just blame it on... I mean, it still happens all the fucking time. Like, yeah. they just arrest some guy and go, you're the guy. You did it. Yeah. You fit the description. Non-white gentleman. Non-white. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping that this would sort of at some point divert into the sausage race at Brewer Stadium, and that was kind of... <laughs> but you went the non-lighthearted direction, unfortunately. That would be the story of the Italian sausage. How... Yeah, that didn't... Uh, Do you know the seeds matter. of that story? I don't need to. It's a pretty interesting story. Bernie Brewer was actually... Someone didn't bring his charging cable. <laughs> no stinker. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Truly. Thank you. Love you. Thank you.